0: This week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. SC-16 kicks off. And new technologies on Top 500. It's this week in HPC. Hi one, thanks for listening into this special episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect360 Research, distributed in partnerships with our friends at Top500.org. We are live from Salt Lake City, Utah, at SC16, which is now kicked off and kicked off in grand fashion as usual. I'm Addison Snell with Intersect360, joined as usual by Michael Feldman, editor of Top500.org. How's it going? Michael?
1: Very good. Never a dull moment here in Salt Lake City.
0: (laughs) I tweeted earlier, for those of you following me, that this is SC16, where I say I'm running to a meeting, and I mean it literally. I am running to get to my meeting. It gets... That kind of busy here, but that's because there's that much to see. And I'm for me, I'm still digesting everything that's going on. Obviously, we're talking a lot about AI. We're talking a lot about interconnects. We're talking a lot about some new technologies on storage and compute. But the big news that we know we can talk about right now, and it relates to a few product announcements and new technologies, is we can digest the new top 500 list, which, which has now uh, become public.
1: Yeah, the top 500, uh, which was announced on Monday here, didn't have a great amount of turnover, but it did have uh, some of the new technologies we've been talking about for maybe the, over the past year inserted into that list. So They finally showed up after sort of being bandied about over the past uh, 12 to 18 months. Yeah, but that's exactly illustrator- what
0: I'm really interested in here. It's not how many new systems there are. It's that what what's new that's up there, there's interesting things to talk about.
1: Right, and the, the top of the list uh, got a little bit of a shakeup. I mean, the top two uh, Chinese systems uh stayed put, those were, of course, the big systems. Nobody overtook those. Right. And while we're mentioning the Chinese, we should mention uh, what sort of happened between the sort of the relative uh, shares between the U.S. and China, which they sort of were reaching some sort of parity last time. And, and this time around, they actually met almost exact parity. They had the same number of systems exactly... I think it was 171 apiece. And even the aggregate performance was almost exactly the same, like a third of the whole performance on the whole list for each of those countries. And then uh, the whole rest of the planet split up the rest. So uh, sort of an interesting statistical artifact. But yeah, it's a new landscape with uh, China and the U.S. now sort of. Uh, just sort of vying for a third of the list and and sort of fighting it out right now. Yeah,
0: you don't know if this might be the new equilibrium, at least for the time being, where China is a third and the U.S. is a third and everybody else is a third. Now, we commented last time when China all of a sudden put a lot of new systems onto the list that uh, we didn't think that that meant that China had just discovered supercomputing. It meant that China had just discovered the list, right? And there's a lot of... There's a lot of vendor gamesmanship going on in terms of getting your own systems onto the list. Lenovo has actually done very well. There's 99 Lenovo systems on the top 500 list right now. So that's one shy of 20% of the list is Lenovo. You wonder how hard they tried to get that hundredth.
1: The leader there is HP with 140 systems with uh, that. Now that includes, I think, 28 SGI systems, which they recently acquired. So actually they inherited those. So, but they're part of the same company now. So that's, that's, all fair. Um, and so they actually, I think that's probably one of their biggest shares they've had in quite a while. Um, but yeah, Lenovo's coming up strong and it's uh, sort of a new landscape there with, uh, you know, the different companies. IBM sold it right. off to Lenovo. Right, Sure, sure. Lenovo
0: on. inherited a lot of its systems from IBM, right, with that acquisition. Exactly. So, that, But that's the way this list works. That's fair game.
1: So... Before we leave the top 10, we should note there were two new systems, so a a little bit of turnover in the top 10, and that's Cori, the system that that was being installed over the last, I think, uh, six months or so. They ran Limpact and installed it, and it's, it's presumably in production now. That came in at number five.
0: Yeah, that one even made me do a little bit of a double take because, as you said, it's been getting installed for a while, and I felt like we've already been talking about Corey, and it it surprised me to go back and look that it wasn't on the list previously. I I guess this is its top 500 debut, but it doesn't even feel like that new of a system to me.
1: Right. I mean, it has been talked about, I think, over the past year at least, and it was installed over a period of time, but that came in at, I think, uh, a little over 14 petaflops, uh, and that was was one with the new Xeon Phi's, the new Knight's Landing Xeon Phi's, as well as the other new one uh, that made the top 10. That was uh, an Oak Forest pack system from uh, from Fujitsu that had also the uh, Intel 5s uh, uh, Knight's Landing version. And that one also included the Intel OmniPath. That was number six. And that came in at uh, just over... 13, 13 and a half uh, petaflops. So it was pretty close to the quarry system as well. And then everybody else basically got pushed down one, except uh, the number eight system, which was which was pissed on at uh, the Swiss National Supercomputing Center. That was number eight, and it actually maintained its position there because it got an enormous upgrade with uh, the NVIDIA P100 GPUs. It added another three and a half teraflops on top of what it had. So that uh, fit back into its number eight slot. Uh, because now it's pretty close to 10 petaflops, that system. Um, so that was an interesting. And the other interesting thing about the PISDON system is the first uh, Cray XC50. A supercomputer, which is uh, one of the announcements Cray had at the at this week's conference.
0: Now, Knight's Landing and the P100 from NVIDIA, those are things that we've talked about before and seen before, but they're really getting to the point now where they're starting to reshape some of the list, and we're getting into these top 10 systems now and, and beyond the top 10 and throughout the top 500. there There's quite a few Knight's Landing systems, and there's quite a few P100 systems, right?
1: Well, actually, there's only two P100 systems. Piston had one and then an uh, the NVIDIA one, which we'll get to in a moment, an NVIDIA built system had the other P100 system. I think there's there's more Knights Landing systems now than P100s, and uh, yeah, that those are, those are sort of expanded a little more rapidly at this point. They're all being counted as accelerators now, and that's another sort of controversy I think going forward. The P the, the Xeon Fives that are that are in there standalone uh, processors are in a sense are not considered accelerators in any. You know, kind of classical sense of the word. So I'm not sure we're gonna to have to how we're gonna exactly track those and track that competition. But yeah, they're are certainly... many
0: core processors, but they're not accelerators. They're native microprocessors. Intel doesn't say they're accelerators either.
1: Right. And and you know, honestly they they probably shouldn't be. It's just that they're right now the they're competing against the uh the co processors, uh, the GPUs that are that are being put out there. But yeah, I mean there's gonna be other many core cpus that we're going to see i think over the next couple of years and they're they're not going to be considered accelerators either in, in fact so yeah we'll have to start thinking about this differently but right now the competition between those nice Landing 5s and the new pascal uh, gpus is is something that's palpable and it's heating up here and we're We're starting to see that in this
0: list. And then you were mentioning this new Cray system, the XC50. This is interesting in that you were pointing out, Michael, that we didn't see a whole lot of new major new platform announcements here. You might be accustomed to thinking of new server announcements, and this is maybe the most significant one that we're seeing.
1: Right. I think there were a couple other product announcements around the inclusion of the P100s into their servers, and that's basically what this XC50 is. It's basically an XC40 uh, with a, with a slightly different form factor so they could include the P100 module in there but it's it's a big deal for 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 Cray here and they they were able to put together you know a, a very uh large scale system like Pistan this thing i think they're saying the XC50 uh they can scale up to as as much as 500 petaflops you know fully fully tricked out if somebody wants to build one and has the money each each cabinet um if they populate all the uh, all the nodes with the P100s can uh, makes a, a full petaflop of, of peak performance there. So it's a very computationally dense system, and you know the fact that it's Cray doing it. I think we're going to see more XC50s over the next six to 12 months. But right now there's only there's only one on the list, but it's kind of spectacular. We also should mention the PISDOT is going to be the second most uh, energy efficient system on the whole list. Um, because of those P100s, it's going to come in as number two on the uh, on the Green 500 list, which we're going to see in a in another day or two. Now,
0: another thing that you mentioned in these top ten systems is the role of OmniPath coming into the market. Do we have a breakdown on OmniPath and InfiniBand and Ethernet?
1: Uh, I'm not sure about the Ethernet, but in, at the at the hundred gig level, if you, if we just compare that, which is what Intel did when they talked about it, they they said they have two thirds of the hundred gig interconnect. Uh, share on that list right now so there's been a fairly large deployment uh relatively large deployment of omnipath systems i think they said they have 28 systems and then edr is is ramping up as well but there's not as many right now for edr FiniBand. so right now we sort of have a juxtaposition where omnipath is now the dominant 100g um interconnect on this list but we might see that shift around as as more of these systems come in from uh latest Infinity band. So it's kind of an interesting, uh, interesting factor. Yeah, It's
0: worth mentioning there's another big system just outside the top 10 that hit on some of these same stories. Lenovo delivered a Phase 2 system to Chineca that's 6.2 petaflops. I think settled in at number 12. So it's one of the larger European systems. It's just behind that Pizdain system and is, is one of the large OmniPath clusters that's out there. So it does hit some of these new technologies that we're talking about.
1: And all these systems are now petaflop systems. In fact the petaflop uh metric has has gone all the way down. I think it's gone down to number 112. So basically the top fifth of the of the list plus is our our petaflop systems now and slowly working its way to the bottom of the list even though we're we're seeing the turnover slower than it's been historically over the past 10 years, uh it's going fast enough that these uh it is it is slowly covering the list. We are seeing the you know it, it creep up as as more and more of these petascale systems inhabit the list. so that's that's something to note.
0: And then, you know, further down the list, since we were talking about interconnects, sometimes you get a new system that's not up in the top, that's nevertheless interesting. And and Bull or Aptos uh, put a new system onto the list that's way down in the middle of the four hundreds. It's a pre-production Sequana system that's based on KNL. It's a pre-production system for CEA, but it's notable in that it's the first system that hit the list that's based on the BXI interconnect. The, the Bull Extreme Interconnect that's that's uh specific to to Bull. They have another Sequana announcement that they got their first big Sequana in production at Sara, that's a a Broadwell K N L system with EDR and Finiband, but but further down this one and that's in the mid four hundreds, that's the first BXI. I think that's interesting in terms of uh you know the start of a possible trend to come
1: yeah and especially this is the this is basically the platform bull wants to extend into into their exascale realm so they want to take basically this platform and as new componentry becomes available just keep upgrading it and and uh they're counting on the whatever processor technology uh that turns out to be in in the 2020 time frame to to let them hit that exascale but this is going to be the the fundamental architecture that gets them there over the next uh Years or six years. Now, you
0: know, we got this traditional top 500 list. I think we're also going to be talking about a lot of technologies around this conference that have to do with hyperscale and AI and, and those kinds of deployments. Uh, Penguin Computing, by the way, has a lot of uh, open compute project based stuff that's starting to hit the list. So, you know, the, the hyperscale stuff is, is having an influence on the top 500 also.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned AI. I mean, that's uh, that's a big topic here. I we can't certainly cover it now, or even in uh, another two or three podcasts. But there's a lot of a lot of the emphasis from uh, just about every vendor out here. They have some machine learning or AI story, and they're they're pushing it pretty hard here. And maybe we can talk about that on uh, the next podcast.
0: This yeah, week. well, we're only at about the halfway point. We'll call this our halftime report. We'll come back later (laughs) this week. We'll wrap up a little more supercomputing news, then maybe squeeze one more in before American Thanksgiving next week. I think we'll be talking about a lot of the announcements here for a little while, but uh, we got this one special episode in, and uh, then we'll see what, what's to come for the rest of the week. Sounds good. All right, Michael. Thanks for a quick podcast. Thanks for tuning into this special episode. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.